0: Hello. Hey, how are you? How are ya? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right actually. Am I? <laughs> like,
1: I'm all right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just. Here. I'm doing well. I'm surviving.
0: Okay, good. As we should be. Here, Chi. I'm gonna get straight into it. We got a special guest in today's episode. She's not even that special because she's part of the whole thing. <laughs> we have Kadeen. Producer Kadeen, as I like to call you. Hi. <laughs> how are
1: you, Kadeen?
2: I'm good. I'm just here, isn't it? Waiting. The topic. (laughs) You're listening to the Unpretty podcast where we explore perceptions of beauty through the lens of black and non black people of color.
0: So, this week? This week we find out that the UK isn't racist at all. Actually, they should be used as a way to show the rest of the world how unracist they are. Oh my god. (laughs)
2: Triggered! it's like when will we ever get rest every week it's something like, every I'm tired, week you know? and
1: literally that morning someone sent it in our whatsapp group and i mm. looked at my phone put my phone back down rolled over and went back to sleep because yeah. i was just like yeah, yeah, yeah. not today satan no
0: yeah. <laughs> can i be really honest i've not even read the thing i was like i'm not doing this no
1: there's no okay, point cool. it's bullshit no point. i didn't i didn't read yeah. anything I didn't listen to any commentary about it. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It only reminds me of all of the people who I've had conversations with who are like, do you not think that the UK is a less racist place than it's ever been before? Shut the fuck up. What's that got to do with anything? Can you Hmm. tell I'm in a bad mood today?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, speak it how it is, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it is what it is, but I just think, For us, when you read that and you just think, okay, we're, we're evidently haven't moved on much if our own government is like, whatever. I
1: mean, are we surprised?
0: I mean, no, there's nothing to be surprised about, but can you just please give us a
2: break?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Let us live. Anyway, let's talk about some good stuff. Let's talk about (laughs) Tandiwe. Mm. How do you pronounce it? Tandiwe Newton, I think.
0: Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Tandi Newton has decided that she wants her name to be pronounced the way it should be. She's originally from Zimbabwe, I think it was. Yeah. And it's really important to her that she's decided that she was never Tandi and she doesn't want to be Tandi. I don't actually know how you pronounce it. I did look at it today and think...
2: um, I was still thinking to myself, maybe it's still Tandi.
1: Yeah. Oh, just spell. Maybe just a
2: silent W.
1: Oh. I mean, potentially. She's on the cover of British Vogue Mm -hmm. and... As part of that, they did an accompanying video where she went through her mm-hmm. handbag and she introduced herself as pronounced Tandy Newton. But in yeah. the caption, it was spelled mm-hmm. Tandy
0: Yeah. Yes. But the concept, I think, is quite beautiful because mm. obviously she went into Hollywood and they were like, you know what? This isn't going to work for us. You're going to need to make this re- way easier and digestible for the audience. And there's something must be quite liberating for her to be like, you know what? I'm going to take back what's mine which is my name mm. that you effectively took from me.
1: I think you so, see yeah. so many examples of this even mm-hmm. with me I got to a point where I was sick of people mutilating my name which is very easy to pronounce can I just say <laughs> that <laughs> I just keep it short and I do like being called Chi but like that was part of my consideration I was like I can't be bothered anymore.
0: Yeah same with my name I'm done with being like it's not Basma it, there was never a Z. it was never said that the Zed but we're going to Okay, cool. Let's all just (laughs) go with the Z. Sure. Yeah, people do like to butcher names. Kadeen, has anyone ever said your name, weirdly? Oh yeah, I get all different kinds of pronunciations. Like what? Kadeen. Kadeen. (laughs) Kadeen. Let's introduce this episode. Which can we say, I'm not actually part of this episode. What was really beautiful is Kadeen came in and had a beautiful conversation with Chi. So yeah, you guys take it away.
1: Yeah. So today we're talking about mainly wigs. We wanted to talk about weaves, but wigs kind of took over the entire conversation. I think personally, because I have never ever tried a wig, I Mm. was particularly just generally fascinated in everything to do with wigs. I mean, I'm a a wig wearer,
3: but
2: (laughs) he's like, I'm a wig wearer. I'm a wig wearer, but I'm not an avid wig wearer. I've only yeah, not a connoisseur. Yeah, not uh, not a connoisseur of anything to do with hair, to be honest with you. But yeah, for me, it's just like I just wear wigs just for ease. But mm, I really yeah. like talking to people that really wear their wigs. They have loads of wigs. They know how to take care of their wigs. Mm. I don't. I mean, not that I'm never gonna do anything myself, but it's good to have that knowledge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I have never met a girl in my life, in my whole entire existence, like Kadeen who's like, I'm never going to look after my own hair. There's always gonna be another woman. Who makes my hair look the way <laughs> It's
2: It's PTSD. <laughs> <Cure> childhood. <laughs> I, I, Sounds I actually thought about this the other day. I did. I thought to myself, I was like, this, I have really got some kind of trauma going on with my hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on that note, shall we introduce our guests, Cadeen?
2: Indeedy. So first up, we have Gina Knight. Gina is an award-winning wig designer with over 10 years experience in the hair and beauty industry, specializing in textured wigs for hair replacement. After struggling to get an initial diagnosis, Gina found out she had alopecia from post-traumatic stress which led her to create Gina Knight with Design.
1: And also joining us is Twiggy Jallog. Twiggy is the beauty and lifestyle writer at British Vogue and hosts her own podcast focusing on self-improvement and wellness called Take 10 with Twiggy.
2: The first question that we tend to ask people on the podcast is how do you identify yourselves ethnically and culturally?
4: Gina, do you want to go first? I am a British Nigerian and I'm black. Very simple, like that.
5: I am a black British Sierra Leonean. Yeah, that's how I'd identify myself best.
1: Lovely. So today we're talking about wigs and weaves. Just as an introduction to the topic, we would love to hear any anecdotes that you guys have. Like what was your first introduction to wigs or weaves? Did your mum wear them or your cousins or your aunties or your older sisters? Gina?
4: Well, the way I was raised, I was actually fostered from 11 months old and and I was fostered by a white family so I never really had the connection with wigs and weaves and braids and all those things when I was younger and it was something Mm -hmm. that I learned about growing up within my area because I was brought up in Southeast London and all our neighbours and everyone we knew were black people and my mum used to ship me off to my neighbour who was from Barbados who used to plait my hair and she always used to wear a really very a very auntie wig, so it was always very like structured and uh, yeah, she, Got it. Yeah, she had a proper like Sunday church wig, but I always just think <laughs> it was actually quite glamorous, there was just always something quite glamorous about. I don't know, it just felt old Hollywood style, like I just wake up in the morning, I put on my wig, I put on my makeup, Mm. she always wore a lovely fur jacket, she had some pearls, she was like, she was it in the day, so that was my first sort of interaction with wigs and it was quite positive, so... Yeah, I love that. Twiggy, what about you? I grew up in
5: South East London, too. So I think I saw everything from natural hair, afro showing to like going down Peckham and you see some people with long wigs, Auntie thick wigs, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the thick auntie wigs. My mum always alternated between her natural hair and wigs. So I definitely saw like a different version of her like every day. My, my older sister, she wore tracks in her hair all the time. She had like a little glued in fringe at the front as well. Yeah, so I, I feel like I saw everything when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I feel like I'm completely different to every single person on on this, because I didn't grow up in London. I grew up in Wakefield in Yorkshire. So um, my first introduction of Wix was, it was my very glamorous auntie who used to come and stay with us for a couple of weeks a year from Lagos. And she was the most glamorous woman in the world. So to me, it was like, I don't know, it was just like this next level that was... Also, just completely unnecessary with the type of life I was living. But it just it perfectly suited my auntie. Dean, uh, what's your story?
2: I don't remember anybody in my family until I was 10 plus years old. I don't any of my immediate family wore wigs or had weave. I later found out that my auntie had pick and drop with some what's kind of weave What's pick and drop? Track. You know, like when it's like braids. You oh, yeah, yeah. And then she'd weave her hair in one kind of way that I didn't realise it was weave at the time, but it was. But I saw wigs and weaves on television or by the parents or aunties of the children at my school.
1: And did you know what they were though?
2: Yeah, and I don't know why. Oh. I literally think it's just probably from television. Oh. I remember actually my mum she used to go to a woman in Hackney called Dora. I think the salon was even called Hair Expressions or something like that. And back in the day, a hundred and something pounds or two hundred and something pounds was a lot of money for a weave. And my mum used to pay all that money to get her weave done. I must have been about, you yeah, know, in secondary school for sure. I remember that. that's when I first saw my mum actually have a weave. My mum works in the beauty industry. So like all of the hair magazines was always in my house. I think Black Beauty magazine or um, my mum used to work for Fashion Fair. And the owner of Fashion Fair used to own Ebony Magazine. So we'd get an Ebony Magazine for the door every single month.
1: like
2: mm. so I just feel like it was just it was just normal for me. like.
1: And how did you then get onto it yourself,
2: though? So my best friend, she used to get bonding in her hair, which is when oh. you glue the hair onto your hair. Yeah, it was in secondary school. She used to get her hair pressed. That's what made me start getting my hair pressed, and she used to get bonding, and that's... And I was like, oh, I want to do that kind of thing. But I didn't actually get my first weave until I was probably about 19. Oh. And then I got my first wig when I was about 24. And that was just an experiment because I was going on holiday. I just wanted to try something out and I wanted blue hair.
1: <laughs> so Twiggy, what was your first personal wig experience? What made you try out wigs? How old were you?
5: Do you know what? I don't remember the exact age or time in my life. I always wore wigs in secondary school, around like year 9, year 10, when I was experimenting, when I wanted that longer hair, that length, because my hair just Mm -hmm. refused to grow because I just did not look after it. But when it comes to wigs, I think the curly wig was my first. I might be wrong. It's even my curly synthetic wig that I got from Pax or somewhere in Peckham. Or it was my pixie wig that I made myself, which I was very, very, very proud of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. I would say those oh. were like my first wig, <laughs> like memories. Yeah. I felt cute in my curly hair and I felt very cute in my pixie as well. Yeah.
1: What kind of curly was it? Like soft curls?
5: Oh, they were very, they're like quite tight. I wouldn't say kinky like, curls. Like an like an
1: afro. Or, yeah, almost like, like an mid- afro.
5: Yeah, I was okay. like almost like an Afro. I was never really a loose curl type of babe. I, I just it just didn't really <laughs> suit me, and I did want my hair to look like I wanted the how can I say? It? I think I was seeking almost like the the three A like 3a or 3c type of curl I think that was like what I was trying to achieve in my head yeah and I couldn't really find like a kinky 4c type of curl so I just went with what I was presented with really it's only now that of course with Gina and it's only now that I am like seeing you know tighter curls and tighter coiled hair which I really appreciate but yeah back then I just didn't have that
4: option. My first experience with wigs was always me trying to have to try and adjust and sort of alter um tweak yeah tweak the wigs Mm -hmm. that I was getting from the hair shop because they were either Mm -hmm. very very shiny I used to put talcum powder on them to matte them down (laughs) Um, I used to get the curly like they used to call it like a Spanish wave wig and I used to brush it out so it was more afro and cut Mm -hmm. it and do all this stuff and I was like this is actually torture like why don't they just sell wigs that are actually you know our hair texture because they're in our hair shops, we're the ones buying them and it's just Mm -hmm. like all European hair or Eurocentric hair. I had this thick afro hair, I I was known for being natural belle when I used to have a blog and I was like the natural hair girl so when my hair started to fall out I did kind of feel like I was losing a part of myself and I did want to replace that part with something that actually felt like me so starting my wig company was really important because I wanted to look like myself and I when I first started actually I wasn't it was never ever planned to have a business I was just trying to be cute myself you get me Mm. so (laughs) I was already had an online presence so when I was like trying out all these wigs and all these textures I was like people were like where did you get that wig I want that wig I want that wig I was like oh no I just make it for myself I just make it for myself and then as time went on my actually my partner who hates wigs was like why are you turning people down that's like Why don't you start making them for other people? Uh, Well, could I? Could I do that? Like, you know, and over the years, that's exactly what I've done. But I think, Mm. yeah, uh, my first experience was definitely having to alter things to fit me as a black woman.
5: Yeah. I definitely relate to the altering the wig situation like you go into the shops and they would be so shiny oh so my very gosh shiny. even like because of course you have the synthetic wigs and you have the human hair wigs and you have like the Brazilian you have all sorts but they all have this shine to it yeah, and that's because I don't they're know all like
4: dipped in silicone so even the all human dipped hair in silicone wigs they're all dipped in silicone <sighs> yep to give it that shine that coating yeah and then while the time by the time the silicone comes off, it's like it's gone past looking natural to just being matted so it's like it's, it's one or the other you there's know? no in between there is absolutely no in between it's just yeah uh, oh
5: man before dry shampoo was like a thing i remember like using talcum powder in mine as well yeah. but um dry shampoo was definitely it was an absolute lifesaver i get that batiste and that like, go crazy with it i go crazy with it and then get the brush through it so all of the shine could just go away yeah
4: oh my god oh and uh soaking in apple cider vinegar, but it actually works to dull the syntheticness. Oh. Doesn't that make the hair smell
5: like feet though?
4: It makes it smell like it makes me smell like fish and chip shop, but you know beauty is pain, girls. Beauty is pain. <laughs>
1: Can you tell us more about, like, maintenance of wigs?
4: With the wigs that I make, the, the misconception is that you're going to have an easy life and that this wig is going to be easier to manage than your hair. But the whole point of the wig is that it mimics your hair. So if, you're, if you have 4C and you're opting to have a 4C wig, then you need four C arms you need four C guns you get me because you're gonna have to look after two heads of hair okay so it's not the easy option it is it's it's a replacement so that's why I like to call it hair replacement Mm. because it's replacing what a lot of my customers have lost which is they all have a lot of them have alopecia some just buy for fashion but a lot of them have hair loss issues so them sort of having something that looks like their own that they can take care of as their own it's kind of like a bit therapeutic as well but yeah looking after your wig is important because especially if you're using a human hair wig it's human hair it's going to get damaged just like human hair does it will get heat damage you don't use heat protector you have to wash it and maintain it I've had some situations where people have bought something and it's like I didn't know you were supposed to wash it and I was like girl it's hair (laughs) like of course you have to you have to maintain it you have to keep it looking nice and there's nothing worse than walking around with a yankee janky looking wig so I think maintaining it is like a high importance and it doesn't have to be complicated you just have to make sure that you maintain it constantly as opposed to every now and again you need to co-wash you have to have a wig stand you have to have the right tools you have to have the right products so that you especially if you're spending on good quality hair you mm. need to maintain yeah. it because your wig should be lasting you a year so um yeah oh. if you're looking after
1: it because then... they are especially human hair it's it is expensive
0: right oh
4: yes it's, it, it's a yeah, it should be expen- if you if it's if it's fully human hair that's being sourced properly then it should be That's where you're going to get your pricing. That's why it starts to get higher and higher because Mm -hmm. not everyday AliExpress hair, yeah?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gina, you had mentioned that you've got like nearly over 50 wigs or so. Just in terms of, I know you said you co-wash, but like what kind of procedure do you go through to like maintain that number of wigs? And like when you're not using the wigs that you kind of change on a daily basis, like how do you maintain them and keep them clean, safe? i'm so, etc
4: yeah, when i'm not wearing the wigs i always have them washed and cleaned and then pop, pop them into a dust bag and then i pile them up on top of each other and just put them away and then forget i have them a lot of the time but i just put them away but the ones <laughs> that i rotate so because i have to take pictures in the wigs quite often i would rotate about five wigs so i have a wash mm-hmm. day so <laughs> i literally oh washing five wigs in one day for myself and i have wig stands so i co-wash them with the curly ones i have to put in quite a lot of elgo grease to detangle and then i have to set and style them because it's not just like sometimes you can just leave it and then see where you land but a lot of the time you do have to like finger coil and put in the right product for each wig i've got my kinky straight wigs which need less maintenance but then i've got my 4c wigs that are a lot of work so I do need mm-hmm. to you know maintain them but I usually go on rotation and if I wear a wig every day that week then at the end of the week it must be washed and restyled and reset if I switched it up I can leave them for maybe two weeks but yeah I think my life is lived washing wigs basically <laughs> <laughs> All I think.
2: Ida, what about yourself,
5: Twinkie? I would say I didn't know that wigs needed such tender, loving care before. Like I said before, I love a curly wig. I love me a curly, kinky wig. Oh, my gosh. I had one before, and I just... It was maybe, like, summer 2018. I wore that wig almost every single day. I was going out partying. I was going out here to the beach to the here to the... I did not like I did not care for the wig enough. I washed it, but I didn't condition it. I didn't deep condition. it. I didn't moisturize it. I didn't put some oil on it. I spent like a good amount of money on it. And after a while, I realized, oh, hold on a second. Why is this wig not lasting me long? Like, no, the hair's rubbish. This and that. Like putting all of the onus on the wig and the, and the wig company. I was about to send like a, like a fiery email. And I thought to myself, hold on, Twiggy. You actually haven't looked after the wig. No wonder the hair is knotting up at the back. Um, The front was getting really dry and it was almost losing its curl pattern. And then, of course, I went on to trust the YouTube, went on to YouTube, found some girls and they literally explained and they just broke it down like like the Americans are like girl you need to look after your wig this is your <laughs> hair. This is- <laughs> that's exactly
3: it. hair like that's I really
5: different. really started to look after the wig properly and yeah since my wigs have lasted a long time like I have a really like how can I say like a 20 maybe a 28 inch straight wig and it it started to look a bit matted and old and just a bit dusty and I was like hold on a second I spent money on you honey we are gonna literally revamp you Took it to the bathroom, like Gina said, wash day, wash day, wash day. Slapped a lo- whole load of conditioner on there. I really, really took my time with it, and I straightened it really, really well. And the wig looked as like literally as good as new by the end of the by the end of the day. Wow! Yeah, so a lot of the time, if you do spend a lot of money on wigs, don't just throw them to the side when they look dusty and matted. All you need to do is just give it a little bit of time and just take your time with it. And whether whether that is like like you said, like just really like using the finger detangling, take your time with those curls. If it's straight hair, make sure you straighten it properly and moisturize it. And yeah, just take your time with it, really it's yeah. a
2: time part that I don't have <laughs> I, so I've said it many times before I don't even wash my own hair because I just I can't deal See, this is the I thing. cannot like those those strong forcey <laughs> arms that you mentioned <laughs> Gina, I don't have forcey hair but I've got very curly hair and I just go back to... It's just long sometimes. I have
4: to be very honest with my customers and I have to literally say, are you lazy with hair? If you're lazy with your own hair, then I'm telling you which hair to go for because if you're adamant that you want a wig, then do not try and go for 24 inches absolute forcey. like they want to keep it short and simple <laughs> and i think as well they seem to people tend to get very confused with the instagram with the celebrities and all this stuff mm. these girls are switching out their it's wigs lies every other every other day <laughs> they're, they're having it professionally laid professionally mm-hmm. washed they can afford like the very best they haven't just got mm. one afro wig they got 12 afro wigs they got Everything's going on there. And it's like, we are mere mortal humans. So we have to, <laughs> you know, maybe if we're lucky, have two wigs that we can alternate in between. I think Instagram yeah. and the celebrity culture has been great because it's meant that wigs are more acceptable. But it mm-hmm. also isn't, it's been detrimental because people think that it's easy and that it's just like everything is going to look like invisible lace and all this stuff. And I goes, girl, it's still actually lace so mm-hmm. it's still a wig there's only so much magic we can do yeah and I think people tend to forget like the history of wigs and the reasons that they exist in the first place the reasons lace exists but we can go into that
1: <laughs> I mean I feel like you, you've you just got to go into it right now and give us an education
4: Well, let's talk about lace front wigs everyone wants a lace front wig they want it laid perfectly they want the invisible lace they want the, the HD lace. <laughs> there, there's no such thing Lace is made out of denier. So it's like tights, you know, to think about when you think about tights. So you have really, really thick school tights, that's really thick. Then you have your really thin, sheer tights. So that's what the lace is kind of made up like. So you'll have really thin lace, which is, I would say, the most accurate representation is like theatre lace. So when you go to the theatre, you'll see, when you look up close, those actresses and actors, they still have their lace actually attached because the lace, is where they clip the microphone onto. So they never actually cut their lace. So that's why, again, it looks so seamless. Lace wigs were made for the stage. They were made for film. You're supposed to use spirit gum to put them down and you're supposed to do a stuff. It's work. It's a lot of work. That's why they have wig masters in the theatre. That's why there's whole wig departments because it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So when we're here talking about okay so now we're just going to use got to be and you know lay edges and do all this <laughs> stuff it's it's all very well but in real life in different lighting situations you are going to see lace it's oh yeah it's it's not invisible it's it's never going to be invisible even the thinnest finest hollywood lace isn't going to be you know completely undetectable and i think with the with ring lights with with te- you, obviously you're going to take your pictures in the best lighting but i think You need to have some honesty with your dialogue as well to say, look, this is what it can look like in certain lighting situations, but it is still lace. And if you don't want to do all the laying and if you don't want to use all the glues, you're going to have to understand that there's only a certain level of, you know, immaculate, seamless finish that you're going to get from a lace front wig. And also we need to remember that lace fronts, and I have to say this so strongly, lace fronts are not for every hairline. Okay, not everyone can wear a lace front if you I I I now can wear a lace front because I don't have any hair I am completely bald so of course I can wear a lace front my wigs are always look laid even though I do not use glue but they always look laid because I haven't got any hair that's why people same (laughs) and all this stuff because it means that you get a more seamless lay but at the end of the day, if you've got a whole bunch of hair, if you don't want to mess about with laying stuff with glue, but you want the most natural look, then don't get a lace front. Girl, mm-hmm. fringes are fringes are your friend. I'm so, <laughs> friend next. You know, it's like not every not every hairline can can go for it because there's nothing worse than the micro forehead where. Obviously, you're oh gosh. To your lace uh, yes. or your hairline, because the reason that we that wigs have been getting a bad name and being linked with hair loss is because people aren't wearing them correctly. If you're gonna put glue, got to be take it off with alcohol right on top of your hairline, then of course you're gonna have thinning and traction alopecia. That's definitely gonna happen. Wigs are lace front wigs are supposed to be worn before your hairline, so if you have a very short forehead a lace front wig isn't going to work for you because you're, you're going to have eyebrows and then your wig is literally going to be next to your <laughs> eyebrows. And that is not a good look for anybody. So your wig has got to sit back. It's either got to sit behind your hairline, so you need to have leave out. And when we have leave mm-hmm. out, again, it could lead to hair loss if your hairline doesn't match the wig that you have chosen. So if you've decided to go for a silky straight wig, then and you're and you have Afro 4C hair, so you're going to be continuously straightening it and then putting more product on it to blend it. It's not going to work for you and you're going to end up losing your hair and then you're going to think wigs damaged your hair when in fact it was you who damaged your hair. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that you need to think about and go into when you are thinking about what type of wig you want to get it's not just everyday wig you gotta you gotta think about what your hair type is like what you want to put into it like for a wedding and great great go for it go all out with the glues and everything because it's just one day but if you're gonna rock that every single day of course your hairline's gonna fall out because you that's what over manipulation does that's what that's what traction alopecia is it's too much pulling too much product too much manipulation so it's gonna fall out over time so if you if you're if you want it to be a truly protective style, and that's what people like to say, I want a protective style, I want my hair to grow, then you need to do it the right way.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've just spat out some real facts there, Gina. Thank you. <laughs> I think the misconception about wigs being well, it is a protective hairstyle, but the miswearing of wigs actually can result in it being quite damaging. Is something that I think I'm very aware of and conscious of. I suppose we have to address the fact that both of you are bald or have shaved head. But I'm interested to know, Twiggy, before you shaved your head, did you... When did you shave your head?
5: I shaved my head about three years
1: ago. Okay. and you... But you were wearing wigs before that?
5: Oh, yeah. I always wore wigs. Like I wore my weaves and wigs and everything. And um, the reason why I actually shaved my head is because... I realized that I had uh, um, an unhealthy um, dependence on them. I went out on a date actually, and I came back to their house and we were chilling in a bed. We're just laughing, ha ha ha, banter, and just enjoying each other's company. And they looked at me and they said, hold on, you look really uncomfortable right now. And I was like, "Um, I'm all right. I'm I'm, I'm all right. They were just like, why don't you just take it off? And I was like, what are you talking about I'm not taking it off <laughs> They're like, oh why don't you just take it off and I was just like no I'm cool I'm cool I'm cool anyway and um, we continued chilling but it was literally in the back of my mind like Twiggy you were very uncomfortable there I wanted to throw that wig across the room it was itchy and uncomfortable I was getting all hot and bothered like I just wanted to be free I wanted to you know eat my popcorn and watch the movie and chill but I couldn't chill because this wig was heavy on my head and yeah. um, after that it just made me almost reckon with myself and I thought to myself Twiggy something needs to change here something needs to change here and I just didn't feel comfortable with my natural hair out part of that like I said before was because I didn't look after my hair well enough so my hairline was all the way back my hair wasn't growing it was broken it was natural but it just it just wasn't healthy so I thought to myself Twiggy something needs to change here and you need to be comfortable with yourself as you are And I reluctantly, I didn't want to do this. I reluctantly went to the barbershop and I just said, I need all of it gone.
1: Both of your Instagrams, I'm like, you're absolute babes. And the fact (laughs) that you're out there rocking your bald heads and then switching it up with different wigs and being so honest about the fact that you are wearing wigs. You know, I think about (laughs) when I was younger, I had no idea that, you know, the Beyonce's, the... Whitney Houston's the even Kelly Rowland Gabrielle Union I didn't know that they were wearing wigs and weaves and I it really affected my self esteem because I was just like why does my hair not look like that like no matter what I do my hair cannot look like that and I think there's something to be said now about how honest people are on the internet about the fact that they wear wigs that just completely changes people's perception of their own hair as well. Even if someone is seeking to wear a hair piece or a wig or whatever, like we know that it's they're being honest about the fact it isn't their actual hair. Like it's not hair that grew out of their head. It is their hair because they purchased it and paid good money for it, so they still (laughs) own it. Why do you think black women are being more honest about wearing wigs now?
4: Uh, I think social media probably plays a, a really big part in that. I know even when say in 2008 when I sort of joined social media when it was just but a wee thing it was um <laughs> and yeah even then people weren't really talking about wigs they were like people that was like the resurgence of the or the beginnings of this new natural hair movement um where yeah loads of black women were returning to natural and they were talking about it and people were discussing all sorts of things um in regards to their natural hair like styling and you know hair washing and co-washing like I'd never heard of what co-washing was for my life and then all of a sudden that's like the only thing um and then all of a sudden it was all about protective styling um and people were talking about oh yeah I'm gonna do um there was this, the Marley braids, that's what they were calling them, where he was doing the twists and all this, and then people were like, oh, well, I, I use wigs as a protective style when people would be showing how long their hair had gotten from wearing wigs. And then there was, like, the clip. a company came out called Curly Clips, and they made clipping extensions. I remember when I was one of the first people to review these clipping extensions that actually matched our texture of hair. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is amazing, like, how this is just – so good, and I think that sort of sharing and YouTube sort of made it okay to say, Yeah, I wear a wig. Like, and what I'm like, Of course, I wear a wig. Look at this, that's fabulous. I'm flawless but um, <laughs> I think, and as and more, that all the celebrity stylists started to get online. Like, now it's almost like. The celebrity stylists are almost as famous as the celebrities, so oh yeah, they're on there showing how they do things and what how how it, how it works. Like wh- I I follow Beyonce's stylist, I follow Rihanna's stylist, I follow all these people and like know all their little secrets and stuff. And it's just like it's something that everyone is just aware of now. And also, I I would say um sort of the drag community as well. Like, oh yeah, I think with yeah. You know... Everything with, I guess, if you're not in the know, then maybe, like, RuPaul's Drag Waste is probably your only point of reference. But even if you are around the LGBT community, you will know about, like, wigs. You'll know all about wigs getting snatched. Like, all that you know all this <laughs> lingo and everything. You know, because gay black guys were just about that life. And it's just mm-hmm. like, that's where we see the fablosity. That's where we see all the fabulous, And it's like it's just become something that's very, very in and very cool. And it's, I think it will stay around and it is going to be something that people will continue to do because it's such a, you feel so elevated and it's so freeing to be different personalities and to be so creative. And because black women especially we are so creative with our hair. Um mm-hmm. always been that creative with our hair from the beginning of time, Egyptian times, we invented the wig, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, so it's just something that I think will continue with the honesty. I think it's, you know, it's something that we like. To, it's an oversharing because mm-hmm. why do I need to know that you're wearing a wig? I don't need to know. But it's almost like, you know, when you go and get a nice dress and then someone says, oh, I really like your dress. And you're like, it's from <laughs> like, oh my god okay so whenever someone says oh I really because I have huge massive afro wigs whenever I leave my house someone's like oh my god I love your hair I'm like it's a wig <laughs> sometimes not really for white people but like to, if, if a black woman comes up to me it's like I love your hair because girl exactly it's that. A wig! <laughs> like, I love it it's like amazing it's like high five let's go see you later <laughs>
2: Obviously, we love that you both wear all different kinds of wigs and styles. But do you think, like, what do you think about black women gravitating towards wigs with straight hair versus curly hair? So for me personally, my hair is naturally curly, but I can't deal with my curls myself. It's a handful. So I tend to hot comb my hair. And if I don't hot comb my hair, I've got two wigs and they're both dead straight. I do want to get a curly wig, but I know that I can't even maintain my own natural curls, let alone maintain Mm. a, a wig with curls. So what do you think about that kind of natural curly hair versus straight European hair for wigs?
4: I think it is, um, it is like what you said, it is about ease. Uh, I don't think it's about, it's a an issue with blackness or an issue with self-loathing or anything like that. I think it is about, it's easier. It is easier. This I'm wearing mm. at the moment is a kinky straight wig and it is the easiest to manage, you know? Mm-hmm. So even though I am a very big advocate of wearing the texture that matches your hair type, I understand about ease and about people's lifestyle as well and I think people need to understand that just because you don't have to be 100% you know afro and dashiki all the time, you get me, so I think (laughs) there's a lot of there's just a lot of judgment um, towards people. I I always say, like, I personally only wear a textured wig because that's my niche. I I create mm-hmm. for people and that's what I do for a living. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily – I wouldn't be- berate someone for not – wearing those types of wigs like, like I have people ask me oh I really want something a lot straighter I go that's great but I personally don't make that's not what I make mm-hmm. so I can suggest other people where you can get those straighter wigs for you but you know I I don't make those and that's a choice I've chosen not to do that I've had a lot of people who goes oh if you made like straighter wigs like you'd sell a lot more or you could like you could sell to other um other cultures and stuff like that and I was like yeah but my niche i sell to black women i have mm-hmm. a i have i have a lot of faith in the black pound or the dollar i have a lot of faith in um in our in our i guess what's the word i'm looking for in you know black owned businesses i have a lot of faith in in it as a whole so i don't feel that i need to grab for other you know other
5: markets races, almost other markets.
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah um trying i'm trying to be um what's the word i'm trying to not put my foot in it um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so (laughs) anyway yes i think a lot of people do and it's also what you know i've known a lot of people who buy straight straighter wigs and then have tried one of my wigs And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm never going back. I'm always going to wear this type of Mm -hmm. wig. I think people just go with what they know. They know that it looks good on them. They know that it's something that they can manage and that they can look after. Um, So, yeah, that's what they go for. But I don't think it's – I think people tend to think that, oh, if you wear a weave or if you wear a wig, you don't want to be black or you're not black enough. And it's like – it's it that is obvious, quite obviously ridiculous. Like, mm. yes, there are some people who may have issues with their um their identity, but as a whole, I don't think that's the case. And I think mm. that a lot of women just like options, um, and they and they just like that aesthetic, you know. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's
1: very your your answer is very like democratic, Gina. I have to say, <laughs> I just think of the like. You know, all of the TikTok challenges, like the don't rush and the buss it challenge, like I've I did find it really interesting how the first image where they're like, you know, dressed down and whatever in their most natural state, women would always have either the afro hair or they'd have their hair wrapped up in a scarf and then, you know, when they come out with the glow up, it's always I'd say ninety nine percent always like glossy. Have a long straight, straight hair Like always. And I think that that's something that we do have to, like...
5: Unpack, unpack. almost.
1: Yeah, because is it... I feel like there is an element of assimilation within that, not necessarily because they're trying to be white or reach the closest proximity to whiteness, but it's because that is what the,
4: you know, standard of beauty is. Like, we're conditioned to think a certain way and to think when we're dressed up, this is how we do dressed up. It's the same with wearing just wearing a dress you know Mm it's not gonna when we want to dress up it's almost like we 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 gravitate towards short heels this that it's like it's just it's the way we've been conditioned to think so yeah of course we've been conditioned to think that you know if my idea of beauty and my idea of the glow up or the busset is to have the flowing weave or to have the flowing wig and whatnot Mm -hmm. but then I think I, I have a different perspective of that because the people that I, I guess the people that I follow on Instagram are very much like fight the power. And mm-hmm. Whenever they did the, whenever they did the bus it challenge, it was a drop and it was a throw and it was African Prince. And it's like, you know, there is that issue, but I don't know. It just depends on what you surround yourself with, I guess. It's like, yeah, no, I find it. But then I do agree with you because when I'm on the, my for, for you page as opposed like to discovery. your page yeah it's like you mm-hmm. know it's completely different like I sometimes think I have a blinkered way of thinking about things because I surround myself with like-minded people even yeah. I won't follow people who I don't necessarily who alignment. I can doesn't have the same vibe as me it's like I don't want to yeah. I don't really want to follow you so I'm going to follow someone who is doing their natural and is doing their whatever their Whatever I feel like, yeah, that's cool, like, that's me. So, yeah, I don't really see a lot of it, but I do understand where you're coming from. I do agree that there is this sort of conditioning where that is what is seen as universally beautiful. I have to agree with
5: you, Chi, on the um, assimilation thing, and I think it's so good, Gina, that you surrounded yourself with like-minded people and people that are, you know, celebrating themselves as they are. But if you go on TikTok, like as it is, without almost not having touched the algorithm, you do see a lot Mm -hmm. of the changes from, like, you know, natural hair and seen as it's seen as messy, and then all of a sudden you drop down, and the the straight hair is flying in the air. Like, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even blame the black woman for or, or any black woman who decides to wear these wigs or wants to change from afro to straight hair just because, like you said, it's, it's the way we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned yeah. to believe that like, you know, straight hair is, is you know, it's neat, it is fancy, it's bougie, it's this, it's that. Even myself, when sometimes when I talk about, speak about being bougie or doing bougie things, it's always associated with, oh yeah, I have my long middle part, you know, my 28 inch, yeah, it's done, it's <laughs> shiny, it's good, it's nice, you know, and I definitely think it's it's something that even I as a beauty writer have to continually like I have to unlearn and I have to be that Twiggy. No, this is not right. This, this is definitely like programmed way of thinking. So yeah, I do think that we do have to surround ourselves with content that is more empowering, but then at the same time, you just have to do what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? I think as long as you are aware that I might be wearing the straight hair because I want to assimilate or I might be wearing the straight hair because of the way I've been conditioned, as long as you're aware of it, I don't know, just do whatever you want to do. I'm very much aware when I'm wearing my straight wig, but I honestly just don't give a damn because I look cute. And next day I'm going to go out with my bald hair. Next day I'm going to have curly hair. Next day I might wear my my straight wig for a year straight. So I I just think that we have to do whatever we want to do, but then also be aware of why we do things sometimes. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very clear as well from looking at the content that both of you guys create that, like, you are... I wouldn't say... I suppose you are just generally aware and you're conscious conscious but also don't care. I don't know how to what <laughs> yeah. word I'm trying to look for is like you're you're very informed but you're not doing it to appeal to a certain audience or anything. You're just being your true authentic selves
5: and mm. just
1: having fun with your hair. Which
5: yeah, is what exactly it's that. what it's about,
1: right? Yeah does anyone name their wigs here or do you have like different personas that you associate with different wigs i guess twiggy you mentioned your 28 inch mid part in um glow
5: up like do you have Apparently any... my attitude changes with each wig yeah. i remember <laughs> i was seeing someone before and um we were on the phone and they asked me oh um are you wearing a wig right now i was like no and he was like yeah yeah i can tell i was like you can tell, and then once I was wearing my curly hair, and they asked again, "Are you wearing your curly hair?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I can tell." Oh <laughs> I don't know what God. what what the the character or attitude change was, but apparently, it acts different with um with different wigs. Or I like, love that. Yeah, maybe there was like an empowering element to me having like no hair. I was just like, no rubbish allowed. No, yeah, maybe with my straight hair. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but yeah, apparently, um. A different attitude with... Do
1: you um, think that you were HHS touching art. your hair or like flicking it or... I don't know. I think was I must have been in the that moment. Of, like
5: Maybe it's because I did so much drama. Like I, I was in drama class. I was in <laughs> drama like school before. So I think if someone presents me with like a question or something, I just touch my hair. I'm like, hold on, let me connect to, you know. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is. Oh gosh, I'm just, yeah, I think I'm just just a naturally dramatic person. So... Yeah. yeah, I guess i the don't, alternate. Um, I might alternate. <laughs> yeah. The
4: wigs that the wigs that I create, they have names, um, but my personal wigs, I don't like indiv- then individually name them again. Um, but they are all she's. So I was like, she's looking, she's looking for. A today. <laughs> know so this is very what I'm wearing today is corporate you know because I'm on a zoom it's business, it's business as usual to be fair I've got my Michelle Obama sometimes where it's just like you know it's it's we black but you know we're professional we we're president's wife so with my wigs it's always a case of it fits the aesthetic that I want to do at the moment. I'm going through Black Princess core, so every day is floral and every day is puff sleeves. So oh yes. I, I do tend to go a little bit straighter when I'm doing you know whimsical because you know Disney princesses, <laughs> um, and I do wisps. You know I've got to leave some bits of hair out, put some in a bun, you know. And then when I'm doing you know coming to America, it's always going to be the big hair. Or I'll be doing, yes. you know, cottage core, and it'll be the long wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about the aesthetic. It's all about what picture I'm going to take today, basically. Like, do oh I need a hat? love skincare? it. Do I need a hairband today? Because you know, it, it's all a look. I have to think about these things. It's hard being on Instagram, yeah. You got to think about these pictures, babe. <laughs> content, the, content. babe. The, content. the content. It's babe. all about the content, babe. About Every the content. Day I'm
2: like, <laughs> I love that the wigs give everyone such a different character and you, like, really literally think about, like, who am I going to be today?
5: Yeah. Definitely. And sometimes you don't even realise that you're doing it. No. Yeah. And I love,
2: I love that. <laughs> I, rip, I do wear wigs. Do, do you have that? I don't. I've got two wigs. But, you know, I'm a lazy person when it comes to beauty. Mm. Like, I pay everyone to do things. I don't wash my own hair. I don't wash my wigs.
1: <laughs> I don't style outsource. my wigs.
2: So, unless I'm going to be, you know... A rich bitch, as Nini leek says. I don't <laughs> know how to maintain this lifestyle. Like honestly, I need tips from you guys. Like, how do I maintain my wigs myself? I'm lazy. Just I... pay for it. Yeah, this is what I do. You see,
4: this is what I do. Yeah. No, know your yourself. limitations. Know your limitations. Some people aren't cut out for it. Some people yeah. want yeah. to be driven, not drive. Yeah, I'm not about hey. that life. <laughs>
2: wigs. They are. They. there's something you know that I. I enjoy wearing. It's just the maintenance of it. As I said, I literally just say to my hairdresser, "Here you go. The wig's dirty now. You wash it. Do you want it back? No, no, no. You keep it till when I want to wear it again."
4: Fair <laughs> enough. And she's she's, enough. she's great like that. She she keeps it in her house. Well, <laughs> you're, if you're think about it this way, you're growing the economy. Okay. You're growing True.
1: Growing Do your Support best my
4: businesses. <laughs> you're not alone. I ha- I have several ladies who ship me their wigs to wash and then. I ship them back to them. So you see? Not alone. Well, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Have a lady There's who no orders shame. at least two or three wigs every six months, and she just won't she won't do anything with them. She'll just put it in the bin and then buy a new one. Yeah, so I'm cool. like, now that's rich bitch energy. <laughs> now that's rich bitch energy. <laughs> <laughs> this is done now.
1: <laughs> so our last question that we ask our guests is when did you first realise that you were beautiful?
4: Um, I guess when I actually shaved off my hair out of, on purpose, not on purpose. So when I had to shave my hair off. So because I had uh, have alopecia, there came a point where I just needed it to be gone. And Mm -hmm. I ended up, I went to work. I worked at hairdressers, so surrounded by people who could actually cut my hair so I went to work I got my closest friend at work to to do it um and she cut it off and I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking I was crying because I was upset because I was like I don't like this feeling of having being forced into doing something because it felt like I was Mm. being forced Mm. and then finally when I when it was all said and done I did it looked in the mirror was like okay okay Done exactly what Twiggy did. Put on a hat, went home, and then I came home, sat with my daughter, and she was looking at me, and I goes, "Guess what I did?" And then I took my hat off, and she was like, "Oh my god, it's beautiful!" And I was just oh. like, "I'm gonna cry." I, can't <laughs> it. So I was like, "I'm not crying, you're crying." But yeah, so that's when I, I realized that I, I was beautiful. Because I was beautiful in my daughter's eyes, so it was like oh, so it, that was a really important moment for I think for the both of us as well. Because I think that she will hold that close to her as she gets older. Because I know she's gonna feel these same things. She has, yeah, she has thick afro hair. Um, mm-hmm. Being mixed race, she's gonna go through a maybe a completely different situation than how I grew up, but she's still gonna have those sort of beauty standard issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was like one of the most important sort of mother-daughter moments that we've ever had together so yeah Yeah. that's when I realized I was beautiful
1: (laughs) I love that oh and your daughter I mean obviously you can't help what society's gonna bring in but like Mm -hmm. knowing that she has that foundation that hopefully she'll always be able to reflect back and be like oh remember remember that day when yeah. Mum came back and like how beautiful she looked without her hair. Like it's not about her.
5: I would say it was when I, the time when I actually embraced my natural hair. I had a party to go to and my ex may have been there so um i was like crap like yeah and i just cut my hair of course i have my wigs like i could have just put on a wig because i hadn't seen them for a long time so i was like oh my gosh i want to look my best self i want to you know i want to slay like i need to look good (laughs) so um as i was about to leave the house i was contemplating whether whether to go with the wig or not and at that time i I, like i wouldn't say i had like a mini fro but i had some hair and i was like "You you know what twiggy you're gonna go out with your natural hair go leave the house. I left, jumped, jumped in the cab. And I was really, really nervous because I was like, crap, like they're going to be there. I don't feel 100% confident in myself, but This is a big step. Anyway, went and walked into the party and I walked in dancing. Like I was feeling myself. I was feeling the music. And in that moment, I was like, Twiggy, whether they're here or not, I am so proud of you for doing this right now. Like I was gassing myself up inside (laughs) and they didn't even end up being at the party, but I left the party and I just remember feeling so good. And I think I was just more so like, I felt beautiful because I felt so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, Twiggy, like you, like you're a beautiful babe. Like you are like, you are top notch. Like, I just, I love that story. Yeah, yeah. So just self acceptance, really. I think a lot of my journey to accepting myself has come from just not caring about what other people think and just caring less, and just wanting to prove to myself that Twiggy, you can actually like, yeah, you can actually do this, and just feel yourself.
2: And then for our listeners that will, I'm sure, be hoping to find out more about you both, can let us know where we can find you on the internet. Start with Eugena.
4: Uh, you can follow my business page, which is uh, at Gina Knight with Design, um, where you'll be able to see my work and purchase if you um, are so inclined. Uh, so, yeah.
5: Um, you can follow me at my personal page, um, Twiggy Jaller, J-A-L-L-O-H. And um, you can also follow my podcast page at Take 10 with Tweaky.
0: I feel like I took a lot of learning from that episode if anything one of the episodes I feel like I learned the most and that's saying something but maybe also because I had a vested interest <laughs> in understanding the process are you gonna get a wig now Baz I'm still not gonna get a wig but I'm willing to try one I actually thought you know that whole lace front thing when people are like I'm getting a lace front wig mm-hmm. and I always was like oh cool in my head I was like I don't know what that means Do you know what I went down
1: a massive YouTube rabbit hole After talking to <laughs> Twiggy and Gina I watched a couple of videos One of them was actually from Jackie Ina mm. I think it's it's really old It's like four years old Where she puts on a wig on cam And she shows how she prepares her hair And then I also obviously went onto Gina's wig Instagram account And watched how she trims the lace and that in itself, because I think in the near future, I'm not planning on trying out wigs. But if I ever was to, that's the thing that would leave me stumped. I would not know what on earth to do with the lace. Because they, they leave oh, a no, lot you, of you, lace. You
2: wouldn't do that. Somebody would have to install it for you. Oh. Definitely, no. Even the
1: whole concept? Yeah, you so wouldn't, like you wouldn't do it. You'd just worry.
2: go and they'd put the wig on your head. And once they'd cut the lace... You're good to go. But like, KD, that's coming day. from
1: you who outsources every single aspect of your life.
2: No, no, because once the lace is cut to your forehead and to how you want it,
1: then, then you, you just do put yourself. it on every
2: day like you do it yourself. Oh, it's right. fine. Sure, sure, But sure. if you
1: were to buy, say you were to buy a wig online, say from Girl, China. you there?
2: give that wig to Gina. <laughs>
1: But you have to, yeah, that's they cut the lace. look, we're in lockdown. It's a- the streets
2: are calling us, Chi. The streets are the streets calling us. The streets are worry. calling,
1: it's very true. The
2: streets are calling us, and the streets will allow us to go back outside <laughs> to have your lace cut. It's
1: true. <laughs> Actually, shout out to mm. hair salons, beauty salons, mm. about to open, mm. thank God, we thank Jesus. in a few mm. days' time.
0: Can I just say, while we're still going on about wigs, I just realised that the only reason I know about weaves is because when I was living in New York, I was at like was Barney's. And I was talking to the lady at MAC and I was like, I really want to try get a weave. And she was like, girl, I'll do your weave for you. <laughs> and I ended up going to this woman's house in Harlem. Oh my gosh. That was doing my makeup in Barney's. She was a great woman. Wow. I don't know why I did that. It was kind of a little bit dangerous now in retrospect. Mm-hmm. But without... Well... It was a great episode, and I actually learned a lot from both of them, both their stories. I loved the anecdote about Gina, about her daughter, who is like, you look so beautiful. I just thought that was so lovely. Oh my gosh. So yeah, sweet. I think
1: what I really love about what Gina's doing, and also the wig that she had on when we were recording the episode, it's a shame that our listeners can't visually see it. It was
0: amazing. But it was
1: so nice. Gina's wigs mimic their afro hair textures it just looked really really lovely i was reading a story on black ballad the first woman to create afro textured synthetic hair was Uh a supermodel called naomi sims and she did that in like the 80s that includes a quote from the washington post where naomi talks about baking the silky wigs that she used to buy at 175 degrees for 15 minutes so that it came out more in line with black hair texture.
0: Wow.
1: So Kadeen, if you're worried about your maintenance issues, imagine...
0: She's baking her weaves and hair? I think I'd rather bake it. Yeah.
1: I guess you can stick it in the oven get back onto
0: the okay we okay we at the unpretty podcast are not telling you guys to start baking your hair oh my god oh no, that's damnable. this
1: is Mm-mm. this was in the 1980s this was innovation she then created her own line of hair and now we are very lucky to have not only gina knight but there's ruka there's freddie harrell's rad swan like this. There's lots of options out there if people don't just want to go for exactly. the sleek, straight hair pieces.
0: Shall we put in the show notes if any of you guys are um, unsure of brands that have Afro hair that you can use for wigs and weeds? Yeah. Well, wow. guys, that's such a lovely competition. And in the famous way of saying it, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> the Unbrave podcast is hosted by Chi Ufudiyama and Basma Khalifa. Produced by Kaydean Bissett
1: and Ayo Sule. Our
0: artwork was created by Xenia Geller and soundtrack by Enoch Kolo.
1: If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure you've subscribed on your chosen podcast listening platform.
0: And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to read us so more people can find us. And follow us on At Unpretty Podcast on Instagram
1: and Twitter for more updates. Until next time.